Welcome to my podcast, and it's a pleasure. It's absolutely nostalgic to have uh, the former federal member of parliament, former mayor of Dollard, former cabinet minister for the Tory government, former city councillor in Montreal, former and actually current still pharmacist, and now a, a very busy consultant on all kinds of things, Jerry Weiner. Welcome, Jerry. Well, Mike, I'm delighted to be with you, especially so because I consider you and the suburban my strong connection, no matter where I am in the world, to what's going on. You are the voice of uh, English Quebec. Uh, it's just been amazing being able to read every week uh, from you and uh, the team, Beryl Wiseman and the team. So thankfully, you've called me, and uh, uh, I'm still uh, continuing to be busy with different things. Uh, uh, while you call me, I'm on... Uh, in the midst of a conference in uh, India, it's a global conference on, uh, on residency and uh, in- investment opportunities. I'm one of 24 speakers, uh, four of them Canadian. Uh, one is a well-known Canadian, Herb Brownstein, whose brother happens to be the mayor of Dollar Desormo. But the 24 speakers have all been brought together by a guy called Prashant Ajmera, a Canadian of Indian origin who's gone back and built this. So we're doing startup visas. I'm involved in a residency program with another firm, uh, an immigration firm. I'm attached to a developer who started a major condo project in Toronto, uh, which unfortunately got shut down with COVID. And I still am involved with an American EB-5 program. So I've got lots to do, enjoying life. This chapter of my life, as I say, is better than most. And uh, not that I don't have a fond recollection of my days in Parliament and uh, how much it meant to me getting elected. So, Mike, great to be with you. Well, likewise, great to be with as well. Um, I, I uh, had a, uh, by the way, just one thing about uh, uh, Herb Brownstein and uh, Mitchell Brownstein. Uh, Mitchell Brownstein the mayor of Conseil. Look, Herb, of course, is a councillor in Dollar Days Armand. Correct. Just, uh, just, Correct. Just I was noting it. I was noting it. Yeah, Herb is, Herb is speaker and his brother. They both were involved in immigration one time, and, of course, Mitchell is the Mayor, of course, and looks like no cash. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, Jerry, I'm speaking to you now. You're in Texas. Tell us how you ended up in Texas during the pandemic. Well, we winter. We went, my wife and I winter in Puerto Vallarta, Quebec South. <clears throat> when the weather turns cold, uh, we stopped going on a at home in the, in the winter, and uh, Puerto Vallarta has become the bastion. Now, uh, on towards uh, the end of March, when the COVID uh, virus started to get really bad in Canada. Our daughter and son would fly with them to uh, Texas, where they have a nice home here in Plano. Uh, the border had already closed, and in fact, it's still closed. I've been here two and a half months. Uh, they like to say it's a successful living because they're wonderful. They have a nice home and <laughs> suburb here. We walk every day. I get an hour walk, and uh, my wife's able to swim outside. So it's a good way to be sheltered in place. Mind you, we're getting anxious to return. I finally have a flight back on July 7th, but it's been canceled before, so who knows what's going to happen. The border's still closed. Uh, it's uh, been a long haul. You get lonesome. We are away far too many months. Our friends, our family, uh, our, our relationship. So we're hoping that this is the uh, end of the curve and then we're on a downward slope and that uh, we'll all have a brighter day. You know, I'm going to so. read off a speech. We're gonna, I'm going to read off a speech uh, tonight with uh, Charles Dickens' quote from A Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times and the worst of times. So it's been bad for everybody. People out of work, especially 
affecting minorities and small business people, which I was all my life, and uh, very hurtful people having having scrounge for food and uh, seeing people lying up in food banks again was far too mindful of what my family went through and growing up in the uh, in the city and uh, it was not good. So I'm hoping there's a brighter day coming. I think there'll be lots more opportunity for Canada. Uh, things should get well underway, and uh, if all the money that's being pumped in can be brought to good use, uh, hopefully there is that day starting right now. Jerry, uh, uh, you're in the States right now. Uh, what are your thoughts? Because I think he is absolutely the worst president in the history of any country, Donald Trump. I, I cannot stand the sight of him. I cannot, I cannot believe he's the president of the largest country in the world, what comes out of his mouth, the irresponsibility everything. What are your thoughts on him? You've been in the States for a couple of months. Well, the people. Well, look, I, I, I'm more focused on the program, what they're doing or what they're not doing. Of course, as a Canadian, I'm very concerned about what's happening to the Parliament of Canada, which has been shut down. Uh, imagine uh, kicking out the leader of the uh, New Democratic Party, a very uh, noble contributor, Jasmine Singh. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm just appalled that uh, what did he try to do? He tried to uh, get a unanimous resolution that the RCMP has uh, got systemic racism. I mean, what's wrong with us? I think it's best told in a cartoon of, uh, I guess it's Napoleon this past week, where he says, he shows, I'm here, now do something about it. You better do something about it, because I heard to say, look, I first got elected many, many years ago, it must be 40 or 50 years ago in the West Island, because of the disparity. I ran because I was a minority that felt throughout very, very disadvantaged and uh, felt that things were always against me. We had plenty of racism growing up in the 50s and 60s, and I decided to do something about it by getting myself elected and changing things. And hopefully in my period in government, things did change. So I think Parliament is a place where things should change. So I know you've asked me about the United States government. They've got their problems. There'll be an election in three months. We've had a great ruling on DACA, for example, by the Supreme Court. Imagine trying to rule 700,000 young people, all of them either born in the United States, living all their lives in the United States, who can contribute. You know, I work all my life to have open borders, bring in as many people as possible. I can talk all day and night to how important the contribution immigrants and refugees make to our country. And if you plan to shut countries down, it's regressive. That's wrong. So, uh, look... Policy-wise, I, I focus on the policy. Uh, I'm eager to see what they'll be doing about bringing more equality to the society. It's a huge monster, the American, the American society. Uh, I don't focus as much on it as I could, but there's little I could do. I'm a Canadian, and I'm going to do what I can to elect Peter McKay in the next election and hopefully bring a more sensible government to Canada back. That's a great answer, and you, you segued into my next question. Peter McKay is the person you think who could lead the Tories, and do you believe he could win a federal election? I've had conversation with him. This is no time for an extremist. As you know, I was very much was a centrist politician. I came out of the extreme left of our community, having supported the NDP uh, after uh, supporting the uh, CCF in my early days as a youth. Uh, you begin life with nothing. We, we began life being a member of the Arbitering and the Shemir uh, Hatsayir, and uh, uh, you come out of that socialist environment, and I, I lived with that for a while, and then joined the Conservative Party, which people were amazed at. Well, 
and and we did a lot of things as members of the Conservative government. My record is, is well known. So in Peter McKay, and I've had conversations with him, he understands what has to be done. He knows the program well. He's very comfortable. And he has the ability to bring people together who you would not call token conservatives. They don't come from the extremes. Uh, they'll do what Brian Mulroney did. He'll, he'll bring a Brian Mulroney type of government which brought people from all sides into a big tent and brought forward programs for the benefit of all Canadians. And I've had these conversations with Peter personally. I trust him implicitly. And I think he has the skill, the desire, the energy, and the fire in his belly to do it. And uh, a very brilliant wife, a nice young family as well, the Boots. Brian Mulrooney, um, you know, you were very good to me, Jerry. I was a, a cub reporter for the Suburban in those days, and you did a lot for us, and you actually got me to meet Brian Mulrooney on more than one occasion. You even got me an exclusive interview with him in his office on Parliament Hill. I've never had that. I haven't even been able to get Justin to, uh, to return, return my email since he became prime minister. Uh, but Brian Mulrooney was really, I think, a great prime minister. He certainly was. And uh, what he did for the country... Uh, he put us on, on so many important uh, footings. I know that nobody liked the GST and they hated it and we were well advised how to implement it that would be much better. In fact, I had some other suggestions as a pharmacist. I remember Mitch White making some suggestions on how it could be improved upon. And then Maroney turned to me and said, Wiener, if you have a very better idea, why don't you tell us now? I know you've got 600 people working in the finance department. How do you expect me? I'm the wrong wiener. You must have a wiener that has to kind of working with them. So, <laughs> you know, my, so he, he gave us the GST, which I think even today provides us with financial stability because with the debt we're going into in this country, and my friend Joe Oliver tells me before the Finance Minister of Canada that there's going to be an astounding amount of tax to pay. And we're already the highest tax jurisdiction anywhere. What will have to happen, you can make use of that GST TPS, increase that tax, it doesn't hurt as much and it brings in a lot of money. And that was a Brian Maroney gift of the country. We should be thanking him every day. Free trade? Boy, the jobs that we accrued as a result, I used to know the figures by heart. We could quadruple trade between our two countries. We don't have a market. We needed the 400 million American market or 300 million American market for the goods and services we were producing. He opened that market. He opened our eyes to get around the world. And you know, he, he and some of our conservative colleagues in the future, whether it began with Michael Wilson or the Harper government, which left us with no, with no deficit in 2015. And we, we had a clean slate. It's a good thing for that. And they, they too came out of 2008, which was a calamity, you know, depression, and somehow or other we invested and we brought the economy back. Well, I'm hopeful that things will happen again. Uh, we have another few years with Justin Trudeau, and I wish him very, very well. But as you said, uh, Maloney had a special skill. He was brilliant. He knew every file himself, and his contribution, which will still be recognized in the future, history will record how well he did for our country. Uh, and uh, I am deeply appreciative because in the areas that I work in, I was given a free hand. Revenue was to negotiate settlement with Japanese Canadians, which at first I was told, Nobody would want to do it because it cost too much money. We did it. Whether it was creation of departments or doing programs. Uh, see, I remember when I brought the investor program in. It had been shown to me by somebody in the street who was working in the department. And the previous government never wanted an immigrant, a business program, an immigrant investor program that was that 
you know, it depends. And I said, I'm going to try. I brought this young man to my home on a Monday night in Ottawa. We discussed it. And from then we developed a lifelong friendship that lasted about 30 years where I actually began and implemented that program. Now, even today, we have a business program that still could bring prosperity to Canada because now it's called a start program. It's still a business program. It means if you can create a business, if you have an inspiration, it's going to create jobs and prosperity for Canadians. Now, that's all we're trying to do. So immigration, yeah, that's my avocation. A program that's going to bring minority. Well, I began, I was one of the founding people of RIPCA when it first started in 19, 1982 in my office. I had my sill. You know, I read, I read Bill Brownstein in the Gazette today, and my heart's torn on another black person in a, in a late model BMW that gets flashed down the highway, not the first time, gets practically arrested you know, because he's driving a better car. This is how it started for me back in the West Island. A young man who happened to be black driving his dad's car was picked up. I said, what do you mean he was picked up? I called the chief of police on the spot, the chief of the district, who happened to be by, by the name of Jacques Duchesneau. I built a lifelong friendship with him as a result. Brian and I said, it's going to stop. We either are going to treat everybody the same. I said, I've never been picked up. My wife never gets up. You're going to stop picking up people because they're black. So the question became, how long does this have to go on? So like, I spent a lifetime fighting for equality. I spent another period of my life making sure that more innocent refugees, and I'm happy. Brian and Rooney gave me an opportunity for the nine-year period. And I can tell you, he left me with something for the rest of my life, which is what he promised me when I met him the very first time in the, in the Rick Hunt Hotel in 1983. He said, you give up what you're doing now, being the mayor, come and join me in this mission, and your mother and father would be very proud of you. I'll give you something to do for the rest of your life. And I'm still hoping I can continue to do it, Mike. Well, he's right, and I, I'm very proud that during those nine years, I got to share a lot of great memories with you through my job at the Suburban and at the time at the Canadian Jewish Congress. Jerry, I want to thank you for joining me today. It's been very nostalgic. I want you to stay safe, and we look forward to seeing you when you come back to Montreal. We'll break that word together. Thanks a million. Thanks for the interview. Take care, Mike. All right. That was Jerry Weiner, everybody. Thank you, Jerry.